Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. Morning. My name's Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and it's a great joy and privilege for me to be able to share with you from the Word of God uh, today. If this is your first time with us today, we're so glad you're here. A welcome. We hope you've enjoyed worshiping with us so far today, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the worship gathering as well uh, as we continue on today. Um, now, today is kind of a unique day because last week we wrapped up a, a series that we've been studying th- all through the summer on the book of Ephesians called Sit, Walk, Stand. And I want to let you know that if you missed any of those messages, they're available online at our website, New Life xn.org. And also, if you uh, have a smartphone or device, if you go to your device's app store, you can download our app uh, in there. It's called the New Life Christian Ministries app. We just call it the New Life app around here. And you can, uh, you can actually watch the videos on there as well. So I would encourage you to do that if you missed any of them, or maybe this is your first time here and you're, just, you're not quite sure about God or, or Jesus. I would encourage you to, to watch those and um, to consider uh, carefully uh, what, we, what we share from the Word of God there. But uh, just want to let you know that you can do that and connect with that. And then next week, as you just saw, we're going to begin a brand new series called Engage. And uh, what we're going to learn is how do we partner with God in his redemptive mission on the earth? And, and how does that happen where we live, where we work, and where we play? And then also where uh, God calls us in special places. In fact, this is just such an appropriate time because the Cambodian mission team just came back uh, this week. And they, they served in Cambodia. They were partnering with God over there in the mission uh, through SEAPC, the, the organization that they went with. And so it's just a really uh, powerful thing when we partner with God in mission. And so we're going to learn how to do that. And I want to encourage you, don't miss a week of that series because it's going to be so powerful and such an incredible series as we learn how we partner with God in his redemptive mission on the earth. But today, we're going to take a little bit of a breather and we're going to talk about something that's very, very important. And that thing is work. Now, When I just said that word, some of you had some uh, feelings and some thoughts in your minds and hearts, and and some of those feelings are, oh man, work. You're not happy about it. It's like, you know, your your work is just a job, and it's not enjoyable. Others of you, uh, when I said the word work, you're thinking about after church today, you might go and get a nice little brunch, you know, and then uh, then you got to go home and get that honeydew list done, right? (laughs) You know, so that might have come to your mind, and, and, or maybe you're, you're a student and, and you just kind of went back to school and you're thinking about all the homework that you have to do um, today or tonight in order to do your schoolwork tomorrow. And so, you, you know, you're a little bit stressed out about that. Um, so no matter where you are and what your work is or what it is that came to your mind and heart when I said that word, I want to ask this question. What if there is a right way to think about work, a way that will bring us peace and joy. Is it possible to have that when we think about work? And, and, and the answer is yes, and we're going to see that today. Now, when we planned this message in particular, we, we did it intentionally because Pastor Chris and I sat down, we, we talked a lot about how there are two times a year when people begin to set new goals and implement new strategies in their lives. 
And typically, the first time is in January, right? In New Year's resolutions, people say, I'm going to do this. And, and then they, they begin to do that kind of thing. And then by the time February rolls around, if you're like most people, that thing, you've forgotten what it was anyway. And then March rolls around, you don't even know what a New Year's resolution is anymore, you know? And so, and so you get into March, and then all of a sudden, there's nothing. And then, and then something happens in America that's a little funny. Uh, this, is, this is very different than it is around the world. Uh, but in America, in September, we have a fresh start or a new uh, kind of a new goal-setting time. And the reason for that is because of school, right? All of us have, for the past 50 years have gone to school sometime in August or September. And then uh, we carried through for, you know, 12 or 13 years or 14 years, depending on if you failed or not in high school. <laughs> um, and, then, and then you go into college and it's the same thing. And then maybe you went into a master's degree and it's the same thing. And a few of us, uh, not me yet, but a few of you have gone into doctoral things. And so, you know, you've been in school for like most of your life and it's insane. Um, and, and so you get to this time of year and, and, and there's just a little bit of like angst, and that angst is, i got to set new goals, I've got to implement new strategies. And so we thought this would be a great time to ask the question, is there a right way to think about work when it comes to work? And, and really ask this question, what, what does God say about work? And what we're going to discover today is that God says something very, very specific that we're supposed to work for. And so we're going to see that today as we look at some scripture. So if you have a Bible and you want to follow along with us, we're going to look first in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. And, uh, and we're going to see something very incredible here. Uh, but before we dive in today, let's go ahead and pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we have this word here before us that we can learn how you want us to live on this earth. And God, I pray that today you'd open our hearts and our minds to what you have and that you would speak so clearly to us, God, that we would be changed by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the first thing that God says about work is this, that God calls us to work. We're called to work. Look at this in Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 and 28. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, the first thing that we learn from this passage is, number one, that God created us. But almost immediately after God created us, after he created people, he gave them a job to do. Now look at this. There are three specific things that God said. Number one, be fruitful and multiply. Okay, that's one task that God gave uh, people. Number two, to fill the earth and subdue it. And then number three, to exercise dominion over all other creatures. Now, this is a very important thing that we understand because God established work or God calls us to work. And the reason is because without it, the earth is just going to be chaotic. There's not going to be anybody to subdue it. There's not going to be anybody to make sure that the animals are in line. And, 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 and you know, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that there are not lions in my woods. <laughs> you know, in fact, I don't even know if they could live here, but if they could, I'm, I'm thankful that they don't. And the reason is because God established for people to have work. God calls us to work. He called Adam and Eve to do this work of gardening, and, and he gifted them for that. In fact, that's the second thing that we learn about work. Here's what God said, that we're gifted for it. God gifts us for work. So not only does God call us to work, God gifts us for work. Look at this passage from Exodus chapter 31. Here's what it says, beginning in verse 1. 
The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting, and in carving wood to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahissamach of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability that they may make all that I have commanded you. So you see, not only does God call us to work, but God gifts us for that work. In fact, the type of work that we desire is typically the work that we're gifted for. Now, I want you to think about that because, you see, some of you, you, you really, really, really um, love to be creative, a lot like Bezalel and Oholiab in here. You, you enjoy that creative space. You enjoy making things out of, uh, you know, just stuff that already exists, and you, you really like to do that. You're inventive. You're creative. You like that. And others of you, you're not so creative, uh, but you, you are more rigid, and you, you kind of like to work with numbers, Right? You, you like to put things together and, and, and you like things to be in a certain way. And, and there's so many different things that all of us like to do. But here's the thing. Most likely you're gifted at that thing. And because you're gifted at that thing, you, you tend to desire the work that, where you can express that gift or that talent. And that's because God has gifted us for work. God has called us to work. God has gifted us to work. Now, this work that these guys were doing was incredibly important because Moses was building a thing called the tabernacle where God's presence would dwell with his people, Israel. And Bezalel and Oholiab, they were given incredible gifts. They were filled with the Spirit of God. They were given incredible ability and knowledge in order to do all of these incredible, um, build these incredible things that, that the tabernacle required. And you see, that's just a a beautiful picture of how God gifted just two guys. And then it says, and all able-bodied people to to build the tabernacle. You see, that's the thing, guys, and I don't want us to miss this, that God does give us these gifts, and we desire the work uh, for which we're gifted. So God calls us to work. God gifts us for work. And then the incredible thing is as we begin to work, we, we learn something else pretty incredible, and that's this that God blesses others through our work. God blesses others through our work. Look what Paul said to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Now, we looked at this verse a little bit more in depth just a few weeks ago, so I'd encourage you to go back and watch that video But look at what Paul says. If you are a thief, quit stealing. That's the first thing we learn. If you're a thief, stop it, okay? The second thing we learn is this. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work. Good, hard work. And and here's what happens. When we begin to use our hands for good, hard work, God begins to prosper us. God begins to bless us. In fact, in the Old Testament, the word prosper means that that God kind of just pushed along, okay? So so we're not here at New Life. We're not prosperity gospel. We're not like name it and claim it, you know, name name a million bucks and it's yours, you know, in the name of Jesus. No, we don't do that, okay? Because we don't believe the Bible teaches that. But what we do believe is that the Bible says if if we do our part, God will do his part. And his part is in the prospering or in the blessing. And so as we do good, hard work, God blesses us. And when God blesses us, then he can bless other people through us. In fact, I heard a pastor, um, Pastor Chris Hodges, say this week on a message that, uh, 
that God, God, that God calls us to receive more than we need so that we can be a blessing to others. And that's exactly what Paul said here in Ephesians 4, right? We're using this good hard work in order to pay our bills, but also to help others around us who are in need. So we're, we're to use good hard work. Now, I want to define hard work because I think it's important that we understand this. Okay, hard work is really two things. Number one, diligence and excellence. Diligence and excellence. You see, when we work with diligence, we'll be rewarded, right? We meet that deadline on time. We, if you're in school, you don't get points taken off, or you might make more money if you're a salesman, if you make that deadline on time, or you might be able to start a, a new construction project if you're a builder, uh, if you meet your, your deadlines on time. Those are all really good things, and that's what it means to work with diligence, that we're meeting the deadlines that, that are set in order that we uh, can accomplish the task on time. That's what diligence means. And then excellence is doing things well, like really well. So well, in fact, that we'll get called back to do it again. So diligence is getting the job done on time. Excellence is getting the job done so well that somebody's gonna call us and say, hey, listen, I saw what you did over here. Could you come do that here? And we'll be like, absolutely. Because then what happens is we begin to prosper, right? And we begin to be pushed by God and God shows his favor to us as more opportunities come, as we do good hard work. And then that way, through our work, God blesses other people. And so it's a beautiful thing. God calls us to work, God gifts us for work, and then God blesses other people through our work. Now I want you to notice the underlying thing when we look at this. God calls us, God gifted us, God blesses us and others. What's the underlying word there? God, right? So here's the deal. Work is not about us, but it is for us. Work is not about us, but it is for us. You know, what happens in our world, in our culture, in American culture in particular, is that we, when we go to work, whether we're a student or, or we're going to our first job or, uh, you know, maybe you've been in a job for a long, long time. And typically what happens is we, we tend to make work our God and we wrap our identity into what we do. Now, I want to be very clear about something here. Work does help us have purpose because, listen, God called us to it. God gifted us for it. And so we have purpose in the work that we do, but we do not have our identity in the work that we do, okay? I want you to understand that. Purpose and identity are two totally different things. Our identity is to be in Jesus. In fact, if you, do, if you know Jesus, you know this to be true, that your life makes so much more sense when you put your faith in Jesus because he's our creator. He's the one who, who established all of this for us, and he's the one who put us on the earth at this time to accomplish what he has gifted us for and the work that he's called us to in order that we can bless other people through it. So our identity is to be in Jesus. And how does that happen? It happens as we put our faith and our trust in him because of what he's done for us. And so when we find our identity in Jesus, then when we go to work, our identity isn't in what we do. It's in who we are already as a follower of Jesus but rather our work gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of, man, I'm accomplishing these things. I'm doing good hard work with diligence, with excellence, and I'm seeing God do some incredible things through me because as we go to work, we become light in darkness. So many people find glory in their work, 
But Jesus followers, so if you're a follower of Jesus in here today, you need to listen to this very importantly. Jesus followers give glory to the creator of work. Because most people find glory in their work, but Jesus followers give glory to the creator of their work. Now, here's the deal. It doesn't matter what the work is. It doesn't matter what the work is. All that matters is that we're focused on Jesus and we're doing that work well. So if you're a contractor or you're a banker or you're uh, an accountant or you're a a professor or a teacher or a student or a stay-at-home mom. Listen, my wife is a stay-at-home mom, and that job is hard. I would not want that job. (laughs) I would not do well. I'm home for like four hours with my kids, and I'm like, just watch this movie, please. You know, and she's, and she's doing schoolwork and incredible things with them. And it's just beautiful to see God work through her and her gifts and abilities in that way. And so I understand if you're a stay-at-home mom, man, you, you are doing such a great thing um, for your kids. And, and listen, if you're a mom who works, you're doing a great thing too. My mom worked all my life, and I turned out okay. All right? I'm a little screwed up, but I'm mostly okay. <laughs> she prayed a lot, though. Right, Mom? So, so I'm thankful for that, Okay. So, so it doesn't matter what the work is. We find our identity in our creator, and we give glory to him. In fact, here's what the apostle Paul said about that. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So no matter what you do, no matter what you say, give thanks to God because you're a representative of the Lord Jesus. And then Paul told the Corinthian church something uh, very important. He said, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, okay, wherever you work, however it is that that you serve using your gifts that God has gifted you with, that called you to, and the work he's called you to, whatever, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Do it all for the glory of God. And this is what we have to learn about work. This is is really what we need to kind of wrap our, our minds and our hearts around today. Okay, in fact, it's our take-home point, and I don't want you to, to miss this. God calls us to work for his glory in all things. God calls us to work for his glory in all things. So no matter what we do, we are working not for ourselves, because that's what a lot of us do when we go to work. We're in it to make money. We're in it to win it, right? We're in this for ourselves. That's our natural tendency, and listen, that's normal. It's natural, but it doesn't make it right. Okay, what God says is that when we go into the world, when we're working, when we're serving, these gifts have been given to us by God. He's called us to it, and he wants to bless other people through it. So yes, we, we should ask God to prosper us so that we can bless, uh, allow him to bless other people through us. But I don't want you to miss this. We're to work for his glory in everything that we do. And it's such a very powerful thing when we get that mindset because when we start thinking rightly about work, God begins to transform our work relationships and then he continues to transform our lives and then all of a sudden, we're just giving God glory for everything. And that's what God wants to do in our lives. In fact, that's the thing that God wants us to work for. He wants us to work for glory, not our own, but his. He wants us to work for glory, not our own, but his. You know, this week I, I had a thought, and uh, I don't know why I thought this, but uh, I was thinking about a flashlight. I do know why. I was mowing in the dark. That's why. Yeah, my tractor doesn't have lights. It has one light that comes on sometimes. 
you know? You hit a bump, it goes out. And so I hit a lot of bumps in my yard. So I never have lights, and I was mowing really late. And I was thinking about a flashlight, and I thought, you know, I should go inside and get my really big flashlight that's super bright and awesome. And my neighbors will love it as I'm mowing, and <laughs> lights going in their house and everything. But, uh, but, but then I, I, I don't know if I was too lazy or what. I didn't do it. So, um, but I was thinking about this. Whenever you shine a flashlight, darkness automatically is dispelled, right? Think about that. These lights are on right now in this room, and you can see because the lights are on. Now, if we turned all the lights out in this room, it would be completely dark. But if we turn one light on, it dispels the darkness. It has to because that's the way God designed light to work. You know, in fact, if there's ever a time when we turn the light on and it doesn't dispel the darkness, either our batteries are dead or we should run, okay? Because that's a bad day. But light will always dispel darkness. And that's why Jesus used light so often as a metaphor as in his teaching. That followers of Jesus, we're called to be light and specifically we're called to be light in the workplace. And what does that mean? That means that we give glory to God. We, we don't focus on this part of our lives. We focus on this part of our lives as we're following Jesus and then everything else flows out of that. So we give God glory and we're called to work for that glory. So this week, I want you to, to think about this. Imagine a world where people work for God's glory. And I want to tell you what will happen. If we will focus on the glory of God and not on ourselves, we will begin to experience peace in our lives. We'll begin to experience joy in our lives. We'll begin to have something that we've wanted all of our lives, satisfaction and fulfillment. But do you know, as long as we keep our focus on ourselves and on the jobs that we're doing, that won't happen. But if we put our eyes on Jesus, if we fix our eyes on Jesus, who's called us to work, who's gifted us to work and wants to bless other people through our work, if we will keep our eyes on him and work for his glory, we will receive joy and peace. So as you go out this week, I want to challenge you with this commitment. Here's what it says. I will work for the glory of God in all I do this week. If you will do that, I, be, I, 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 I want to say the word guarantee because I think I can. I guarantee that if you will work for God's glory, God will begin to work in your lives and transform your work relationships and transform the way you view work because God called you to it, he's gifted you for it, and he wants to bless others through it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much that we have this opportunity where we can learn how you want us to work. And so God, today I pray that you would help us to grab a hold of this truth that you've called us to work, that you've gifted us for work, and that you want to bless other people through our work. And God, today I pray that as we go out, that you will remind us in our hearts to work for your glory and that we'll begin to see you transform our lives as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen.